0: We're going behind the scenes with the ladies from A Delectable Education. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Today, we are in the rolling hills of Virginia, such a beautiful state. We're at the Living Books Library to talk with some friends of mine whom you might know, but I think you might like to get to know them better the ladies from a delectable education we're meeting with nicole williams and liz Catrill and emily kaiser i thought you might like to get to know them a little bit behind the scenes so let me ask you ladies whoever would like to go first tell me a little bit about your family and how you started using charlotte mason methods in their
1: homeschooling well i have six children and I began homeschooling in 1986, uh, when homeschooling was actually still illegal in Michigan, where we lived at the time, and it was Emily, and I set up a little schoolroom with a flag and everything, just, <laughs> to, just so she would feel like she was in school. And it wasn't until about seven years later that I was introduced to Charlotte Mason through the book, For the Children's Sake, by Susan Schaefer McCauley, and it was very eye-opening. I did not understand all of the ins and outs of a Charlotte Mason education from that, but I did latch on to living books, narration, and nature study as very important in a child's education. At the time, Emily was in public school, in junior high school, And I had a second and fourth grader at home. And so I began implementing those things. And a few years later, I read A Charlotte Mason Companion Mm -hmm. and started to implement more ideas from that book with my fourth child. And I would say she's the only one that was fully Charlotte Mason educated. Um, And then, It wasn't until about 11 years ago that I tackled the Charlotte Mason series Mm -hmm. and started reading them. I had always been told they were too difficult and not helpful, and I couldn't disagree more, and that's why we always urge people to be reading those books. And so my two youngest children are both adopted. They're about five years apart, and I'm still homeschooling, the youngest of those two boys, who's 14 this year and in ninth grade, and so I'm a grandma with almost 12 grandchildren in the world. Yay, that's <laughs> wonderful. So, okay, a side note
0: here then, for all of us who are grandmothers, what's a good Charlotte Mason grandmother tip? How do you, how do you be a good grandmother in a Charlotte Mason education environment? Do you know what I mean?
1: Buy books for gifts. (laughs) Yes, buy books. (laughs) Buy books for gifts. um, Appreciate who they are as persons. And I think grandmothers actually almost automatically do that. Mm. But I really appreciate seeing their personalities emerge and their interests and um, just encouraging them to think for themselves and not always giving them the answer to all those why questions. Oh, yes,
0: yes. That's great. Nicole, do you want to tell us about your family and how you got started with CM?
2: Sure. I started homeschooling when my oldest son, who's now 19, wow. was just five years old. Mm-hmm. And we began with a more traditional type of education. And it was fine at first, but then I just felt that something was missing. I needed more And a friend introduced me to basically nature study, and Charlotte Mason through that medium. And so I began studying what she was saying through the volumes, but about the same time, so he was about third grade at that time, my mom asked if I would homeschool four of her children, her adopted children. Oh my. So I had two little girls at home, my son who I was homeschooling, and all of a sudden, these extra teenagers. <laughs> so it was like trial by fire. Yeah, really you got know, thrown in the deep end It really was. Uh, I do remember also telling my mom, now, you need to understand, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try this different thing. Oh <laughs> yeah. And she was a school teacher, and so I didn't know what she would think. Yeah. And, but she was completely supportive, it always has been. It's been really, really a blessing to have her support. So I graduated all of those big kids, and I call them the big kids, and I called my little girls the little girls for years, but now they're 13 and 14 years old. Mm. Oh, I have that wrong, actually. They're 13 and 15 right now. Wow.
0: Yes. Birthday rolled
2: around. (laughs) So I'm down to just those two, homeschooling at home, and just still every day continuing to learn. I just... I think I may have this down pat just about the time they all graduate, (laughs) exactly.
0: (laughs) That's great. How about you, Emily? Tell us about your family.
3: Well, my oldest child is only four and a half, and I am about to have my fourth baby in just a few months. So so we, we have quite a few little ones at home. Yes. And I would say I started my Charlotte Mason education. Uh, 11 years ago when my mom wanted to read Charlotte Mason's original homeschooling series and it wasn't available online to read um, with a voice reader at the time and it wasn't available in Braille or audio so I had just purchased the series and was interested in getting it for myself and said okay so we'll start reading it together and I think that really helped us to embrace and solidify our understanding of Mm -hmm. what we were reading because we would pause and discuss and you know Mm -hmm. what's going on do you think this is what she means and it was it was a delightful experience to read that together Mm -hmm. that's wonderful now how did you three I know how you two met (laughs) but how did you meet Nicole Well, shortly after I started reading the series to my mom, we heard about a local Charlotte Mason group that met sometimes at restaurants, and we didn't really have a lot of details. And it wasn't until maybe a year after that that we got connected with somebody in that group. And so we went to our first meeting at a restaurant and didn't know anybody we thought, and there was a person we did know who ended up showing up there, but Nicole was at that first meeting. And I remember being struck by several things that she said that just made sense and Mm. I could implement that. And we talked to her a little bit afterwards because we were very intrigued about her educating her adopted siblings. That sounded very similar to our family with multiple ages and all of that. So um, we just got to know each other.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And those were monthly meetings? Mm-hmm. Every six
1: weeks, I think, okay. at the time. yeah, And it was hard finding the group because it was almost like an underground secret society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was before Facebook and social media and yes. announcements
3: yes. about...
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's just word of mouth oh, when you find out about those yeah. things. So then who had the idea for the podcast?
1: Well, we always, the three of us, called ourselves the Charlotte Mason Geeks because <laughs> it didn't matter what circle we were in, if we were at a conference or at our Charlotte Mason group. We um, always seem to be much keener on figuring out exactly what she said and did than anyone else around <laughs> <us>. <laughs> We might have annoyed a lot of people. <laughs> Didn't share <We> our enthusiasm. <laughs> most likely did. And I don't remember. I believe Emily knew about podcasts. I'm I way too... I think Nicole was the initial podcast listener. I was listening to a lot of podcasts at the time. But I don't
3: think it was necessarily my idea. I think it was maybe my idea because um, we used to hold monthly um, seminars in our library, really trying to get people interested in using living books, period, and that evolved more into specifically Charlotte Mason's philosophy of education. Mm -hmm. And Nicole came, and she actually participated in some of those as teaching. Mm -hmm. And um, I think once I got married, and I quickly found out we were expecting our first child i realized life is going to look a lot different and we can't continue these meetings but people kept clamoring in our local area when are you going to have another series of seminars and so we thought maybe we could record a podcast and have that information available without us having to redo it every single time yes so
2: by then i was helping at the library Mm -hmm. Mostly as an excuse to be able to talk about Charlotte Mason more. <laughs> it was kind of our um, monthly or bi-weekly, depending on how often library was, chance to... Now, this is what I've been reading, and I'm thinking this. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember Emily saying, okay, well, then we need to start a, our podcast. And I said, yeah, yeah, that that would be nice. And <laughs> she said, okay, well, how about next week? <laughs> That's Emily.
0: Yeah. Well...
2: <laughs> I was
0: thinking like next year (laughs) so So we got started and who came up with the name a delectable education
3: I think that was me yeah we were we were all tasked we were talking about it brainstorming about what the podcast would look like of course we had no idea it would look like what it does now Mm -hmm. that it would be in its fourth season and we're we have more ideas than we could possibly fit into a fifth season but we were all say, okay, let's look at the volumes and find our favorite Charlotte Mason quotes, and maybe that will give us inspiration for the name. And two different quotes use the word delectable. Um, one of my favorite that I've always applied to the library. She says something like, "It is not what we know, but what we are waiting to know, mm-hmm. is the delectable part of knowledge." Nice. And I just think that sums up so much of our desire to keep learning and feeding ourselves. Yes, mm-hmm. it was
1: certainly true for ourselves. Yes,
3: that's wonderful. So,
1: what is your
0: um, your goal, your heart's desire for your podcast? Mm-hmm.
1: To make more clear Charlotte Mason's practices and principles, mm-hmm. which rely on one another, mm-hmm. and to encourage moms that this is an educational m- method that is possible for them. Yes, and to equip them to provide. Um, information so that they can get resources and know how they can actually put it into practice in their home. Yes, yes.
2: We find over and over again that when we are trying to do Charlotte Mason and we're having a hard time, it's, you know, this is just hard, this subject, that we're we're not doing it right it's (laughs) it's when we figure out oh this is how she was doing it Mm -hmm. that it becomes more natural it it falls Mm -hmm. into place it's natural to the children it's natural to us as the teacher Mm -hmm. and everything gets so much simpler and so we really want to help expound on what Charlotte Mason said so that we can understand how did she do these lessons Mm -hmm. and we have so much more information available to us these days than we had originally. There's Mm -hmm. things that she will mention in the volumes briefly. She might mention a book or, or this is how we do it. But then when we can look at the programs and we have so many programs to see, okay, here's what she was actually assigning. This is what they were doing day to day putting those things together, Mm -hmm. having access to so many of the parents' reviews now as well, Mm -hmm. and what was being said about these lessons and the importance of them. And it just, we have a lot
0: clearer picture today. Yes, and you're referring to the online digital collection. Collection, right. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. We'll put a link to where you can find, where you can access that online collection in the show notes. Do you have anything to add to that, Emily?
3: I think what I would add is just the unexpected and amazing <sighs> overflow that we have seen in the Charlotte Mason community expanding all of the time that moms, dads, even mm-hmm. educators of all different kinds, not even homeschoolers, are actually reading Charlotte Mason's mm-hmm. volumes. And it we started to notice that people would come up to us at conferences and retreats and say, because of you, I'm reading Charlotte Mason. And we were like, why is that? You know, And she said, the people we would talk to would just say, it's because you, you read so much of her on the podcast. Mm. We do. We try and always not only say what she said, but to read quotes and excerpts. And it just seemed more natural. And I think there is a stigma about her language. And it is mm. uncomfortable maybe at first, because it's different than what we're accustomed to reading but it's not inaccessible. And you know, once we get into her style, it makes a lot of sense. Not that it's easy to understand, there's lots of ideas packed in there. Sure. And it helps to read with other people where you can sit and discuss. Um, But that has just been amazing because for years we had moms who were practicing Charlotte Mason who'd never read a single volume. Mm -hmm. And now we have people who hear about her on our podcast and they buy the book and they start reading it. And that is, I think, just the most exciting part of our whole work. Oh, how nice. Mm -hmm.
0: So do you have any habits that help you in your work? We all I do. T- <laughs> I keep teaching my own children every day. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, that is a strong habit, yes.
2: I, and I think that's probably where I would begin, is that we yes. all have very distinct schedules in our home for our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we're working. Mm-hmm. And yes. to do that but keep the schooling our children a priority, taking care of our mm-hmm. families a priority, we do have to have a lot of habits in place. A good, solid schedule for us to be Mm -hmm. able to do what we're trying to do without losing
0: sight of what is most important Mm -hmm. in our lives. And especially this year, you've been traveling a lot Mm -hmm. to conferences, and you just moved across the country. (laughs) (laughs) So now you have to fly back in Mm -hmm. in order to make the podcast. So. Yes, organization would be huge. Mm-hmm.
1: It is, but we have Emily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she's an organizational genius. I've been saying know, that since she was that. about six months old. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I have off. I often have to reevaluate my own organizational structure and change things up because with yeah, small children, things are changing all of the time. You know, mm-hmm. as you know, nap schedules get adjusted, mm-hmm. and just they go through different phases and mm-hmm. different changes in their lives, and that always is what I'm using to model how does my day look around my children and not how do they fit around my work. Um, So one of the hard habits I've had to learn is getting up early. And Mm. I, (laughs) I, I started with, you know, an hour before they get up and then the Lord blessed me with an oldest child who is a very early riser. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yes. drew the line. He could not actually wake up before 5 a.m. That was just not acceptable <laughs> like well yeah. Yeah. He tried, yeah. though. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. now he wakes up and knows he has to play quietly in his room or just read books um, until 7 o'clock. And I get up about two and a half hours before that to spend time with the Lord and do a lot of my focus work. Um, And then I do take advantage of nap time, (laughs) for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: So, one more question. What inspires you in your work? You all have other work besides the podcast. You're homeschooling your kids, you're taking care of your families. Nicole, you have your own website at Sabbath Mood Mm Homeschool. And you have this Living Books Library, Liz and Emily. What inspires you? What encourages you in all that work that you do?
3: I think it really comes down to um, Charlotte Mason's first principle, that children are born persons, and to see that switch turn on in a parent's mind, and they view Mm -hmm. their child, and and to hear the stories of Mm -hmm. how lives are changed, families are changed, marriages even, because of the scriptural principles that Charlotte Mason had at the core of her philosophy and how that then plays out in all of life and that education is not this thing we do in the set amount of time but is really a part of all of our life Mm -hmm. um that's what keeps us going I think Mm -hmm.
2: I agree there's times where it you know it's hard we're not doing an easy thing yes and and I might get discouraged and then we meet somebody at a conference or we get an email from somebody and these both principles and practices are being played out in their lives and they're responding to us in such a just an energetic way a thankful way and we know it's not us um this is this is charlotte mason who is pointing them to the lord and they are finding a new rhythm to their home. And that for me is mm-hmm. just the biggest motivator. Mm-hmm. Anytime I start thinking, I just don't know if I can do it. It's it's those kinds of emails that come in and I think this is why. Just mm-hmm. It's that not only is every child born a person, but every mom, every mm-hmm. dad, mm-hmm. You know, the family is full of them. And
1: to see that awakening is so exciting. Mm-hmm. And related to that, I. I really feel that knowing this is the Lord's plan, um, that we are obeying Him because we are serving others, mm-hmm. and that was His will for us to love our neighbors ourselves. And I have homeschooled for 33 years Mm -hmm. and made probably more mistakes than are even in any book. (laughs) And it is a joy to me to be able to help other moms do a much better job than I did. Mm -hmm. And I also think what keeps me going on the discouraging and fatiguing days is knowing that ultimately many lives we have no idea are being changed. Mm -hmm and that the children that are being raised with this kind of an education are going to think and act differently mm-hmm. and that this world which can sometimes discourage us as a sad place to live is going to be transformed by the children that and, and i think that's what kept charlotte mason going as well that Um, She did it for the children's sake, and Mm. for the children of the children, she knew that um, this was going to bring life and joy into the world. Mm. And should I tell that little story about the little boy?
0: I would love to hear a story.
1: We have moms who all over the country, all over the world, tell us they're getting more laundry folded because of (laughs) listening to the podcast. (laughs) More dishes done. And one of those moms told us that one day she was listening to the podcast, and cleaning her kitchen and her little boy came running through and stopped and listened for a minute and he said I love it when she talks about us and he meant Charlotte Mason <laughs> because we were probably talking about what Charlotte Mason said about children yeah. and he recognized that oh that's so sweet he he could
0: just he knew that that value of him as a person was just coming through those words over hundreds of years, well over hundred and fifty years ago, you know, those words still carry such weight. Well on behalf of everyone, I want to thank you for all the work that you do, all of the time and energy and effort and restructuring of your schedules and just no one knows all the effort that goes into making these podcasts available to people, but they are changing lives. And we are very grateful for the work that you do. And I'm grateful for your restructuring your schedule to meet with us today Mm -hmm. so we could have this little chat behind the scenes. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank 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 you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, your favorite podcast app. You can also listen to an audio version of this podcast, or you can read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. We'll provide links to all of those in the notes, along with links to the resources that we've mentioned today with a delectable education. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you next time.